What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. And we got a Bears win to talk about. We did the post game show last night. But we're going to do some of the key takeaways and breakdowns from the Chicago Bears win over the San Francisco 49ers. All that plus more on today's daily episode of Chicago Bears Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. All right, Bears fans, it was a great game. Second half, let me say second half to watch from the Chicago Bears after a very and highly questionable uh, first half in the play calling, other things like that. And, you know, one of the things that we've said on this show for a long time is that it's going to take this offense time to get together. And especially when you look at two you know, inserting Lucas Patrick into the starting lineup and taking Tevin Jenkins out. But even without that being said, like this offensive line hasn't really got a chance to build up a ton of continuity because the coaching staff has had to tinker with that starting offensive line throughout all of preseason. And even now at the start of the season with Lucas Patrick, not able to snap the ball with his hand. So as those things work out, we did see a much better uh, second half from the offensive line that allowed Justin Fields more time to break things and do things down. But I want to get to some of my key takeaways from the Chicago Bears victory over the San Francisco 49ers. And number one with that is, is Justin Fields stepped up as a leader. He earned that captain role. When you look at the way that the first half went, and even though it was, you know, towards the end of the second quarter, Justin Fields started just making plays with his feet, being mobile, getting out in runs. And that really started changing that momentum a little bit. They still did not score in that first half. But it did definitely change the momentum. When you look at the first half that Justin Fields did have, I think it was like three for nine, and none of the passes that he made were actually two receivers. So when you look at those type of things and the performance that he had, and then to come out, to come out in the second half and really play much better, to do things that were just way more important and showing a level-headed and just an an ability to be a true quarterback out there on the field, it was it was the, the difference from the first half to the second half in the play calling and also just how Justin Fields managed that game and the confidence as he built up. He really started building that confidence, like I said before, at the end of that second quarter, running the ball. And then we saw the passing game come along the way that we needed and wanted to see it done in that second half. And yeah, there's, there's some things that, that he's going to have to improve on, coaching staff is going to have to improve on, all of that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are going like Justin Fields showed an ability and a little bit more of a of mental stamina, of toughness in himself and trusting himself and his teammates. The fact that, you know, he didn't start getting frantic out there and running on every play. He still was able in the second half to stand in the pocket, make decision making, um, good decision making, I should say, and just be that quarterback that we needed and wanted to see that we that we needed in in the second half. He, he ended that first half with a quarterback rating of two point eight. And he did end up, end up the game, I think, with a quarterback rating of over 85. Still not great, right? Let's be clear here. It's not the greatest. It wasn't the best performance. And hopefully this is, we're going to see a much better Justin Fields over the course of the season. But you still have to give it up to him and the way that he was able to come back in the second half and be the poised quarterback that we need to see throwing for two passes, running the ball a little bit more, and just at the end of the day being a better decision-making and showing why he's now a captain of this team and a leader at the start of that second half. So shout out to Justin Fields for what he was able to do. The second part of it, Khalil Herbert is going to be major for the Chicago Bears team. Let me be clear here, right? David Montgomery, we all know this isn't even to say Montgomery versus Herbert because I think Montgomery is going to come along as well. It was a bad first half from everybody, but Khalil Herbert as the running back number two made some key plays, some key catches and everything that we needed to see from him 
Um, and Herbert, at, at the end of the day, he was more effective with less opportunities. He ran for 45 yards on nine carries, a three-yard touchdown rush in the fourth quarter after some miss, miss extra points as well. But the second year running back in Khalil Herbert showed some poise. He showed toughness. He showed grit. Everything that we wanted to see from him. And, you know, the thing with him and David Montgomery, yes, there's going to be some games where Montgomery looks amazing and Khalil Herbert maybe doesn't get the opportunities or look as good. Then there are going to be opportunities where that flip-flops. And last night, we needed, or I should say yesterday afternoon, we needed Khalil Herbert to step in as the, as the, as the number two running back and use the most of his opportunities in a second half after the Bears got punched in the face several times. Khalil Herbert stepped up, flashed so much potential. Not flashed. He showed so much potential. In that second half, and as we continue to go on along the season and, and wonder and, and what's going to happen with David Montgomery in that contract, Khalil Herbert showed why. If for some reason they don't work it out, Khalil Herbert is going to be a hell of a running back as well. And we still got Tristan Ebner as well, who we didn't see as much of um, in that game. But like at the end of the day, what Khalil Herbert gave us is what was needed. But then the last thing, what was the, the, my last takeaway in this is that Matt Eberflus and the coaching staff made the adjustments that we needed. They empowered the players that we needed. And they made, like even seeing Justin Fields give a game ball to Eberflus and to Ryan Poles. Like what the coaching staff did and the way that they were able to make adjustments is something we haven't seen in Chicago in a long time on both sides of the ball. The defense in the first half, that should be a takeaway as well. The defense played solid throughout and much better in crunch time when we needed them to get key stops and keep San Francisco from getting on the board further. But the adjustments by the coaching staff it was night and day if you look at the way that the Bears played football in the first and second halves. This coaching staff, at least in this first game, we need to see it sustained over time and game to game, over years, like everything. But this in this game, they came, they went into the into the first half knowing how they needed to motivate and adjustments they needed to make for this team. And we saw that pay dividends as this team came out in the second half right away. We saw the difference that, that, that this team made and even. Like looking at the breakdowns, and we'll talk about that here in a second as far as the breakdowns of who played when and what and how many snaps. The way that this team used this roster, the way that this team motivated this roster, the way that this this coaching staff, let's just say this team, the way that this coaching staff made adjustments in the second half is something that I don't want to miss because it was important, it was felt, it was noticeable, and it led to the Bears being able to win a game. And even, even before then, right, the defense still, that bend but don't break. The, def the way that the Bears offense played in the first half literally usually would have led to like five sacks in the first half. While Hufunga, who did was, was busting up our running game alone, we saw in the second half him not be as effective. The defense, that while they did stand up and they made several, several key stops even in that first half, in a game that usually with Matt Nagy being out there probably would have, we would have went in with a 21-0 deficit in the first half and we only ended up going down by seven at the end of that first half but the adjustments that were made were key they were poignant they were felt and they were very well noticeable now let's talk about in saying the adjustments let's talk about a little bit more about that the, the breakdown that we saw as far as how many snaps certain players played in that in that game um against against the 49ers game so looking at the offensive breakdown the only players to play 100 percent of the snaps were Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Larry Borum, Sam Mustafer, and Justin Fields. They play 100% of, of the snaps on offense. Darnell Mooney was in there for 90% of them. Cole Komet for 83. Konami is St. Brown for 76%. David Montgomery only in for 66% of the snaps. But then Tevin Jenkins, 53%. Uh, Griffin, 53% as well. Lucas Patrick, only 47% after starting the game. Dante Pettis, 49%. Khalil Herbert, even with his impact, 
This is one of the big things about what Khalil Herbert was able to do in his carries. Only played 29% of the offensive snaps and, and still had that type of game. Blasting game, 19%. Tristan Ebner, only 7%. So the fact of, of the breakdown of this, looking at how they move players in and out, specifically on that offensive line, they were trying to find a wrinkle. They were trying to find something to really invigorate this offense. Justin Fields in the first half of this game, three for nine for only 19 yards, one interception and two sacks. In the second half of this game, Five for eight, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Big key differences on the offensive end of the ball. Khalil Herbert in his time in, in the, the 29% of the snaps he played, 45 yards on nine carries and a touchdown. Listen, this team did what needed to be done, and it was a tell of two halves in this game. On the defense, pretty more straightforward breakdown as you would expect, so I'm not going to get into the percentages, but a huge number of the percentages, but the only players to play 100% of snaps on the defensive end, Roquan Smith, Nicholas Morrow, uh, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, uh, Jackson, and that's it. And now Jalen Johnson also played 99%, so I'm going to go ahead and throw him in there as well. Uh, Robert Quinn, only in there for 72% of the snaps as well on the defensive end of the ball. This team and what they did, Alcohol Muhammad, 63%, Travis Gibson, 38%. So again, showing some fluidity and flux and flux flexibility in how they use and what percentage of snaps that those players did play. But the key thing that I want to stand out in this game is that the, the, the secondary in this game, they made some mistakes. Kyler Gordon fell asleep on a play, but he still had six total tackles and one tackle for a loss in this game. Dominique Robinson, who got my player of the game in this one, seven tackles, one and a half sacks, and one tackle for a loss from Dominique Robinson, who stepped up and had it and played hugely for, this, for the Chicago Bears in this one as well. And he only played 41% of the snaps, still had an impact played as well. Overall, what this team was able to do was, was it's fun to see as a Bears fan it was just fun and exciting to see a team fix what they all their mistakes in the first half and still be able to complete the come from behind victory to win this game now Jalen Johnson had some great things to say and I'm gonna I'm gonna end the episode on this and he was asked about Trey Lance and he said this he ain't do shit we made him play quarterback and when you look at the breakdown of this game it's it's factual like, Trey Lance did not, and some people even said that Trey Lance was clearly the better quarterback in the first half. No, he had some better weapons. His offensive line played better. But Trey Lance, you walk away from this game, and, and we talked about very heavily on this show since we started, is who, how, where's Justin Fields going to rank amongst the second-year quarterbacks in the NFL? And at least in this matchup, he looked, he looked better overall. Now, yeah, he played a worse first half, played a much better second half, but Trey Lance, once they eliminated and they stopped using Debo Samuel as well. But once you started seeing those things go away and, and Trey Lance was forced to be a more in-the-pocket quarterback, Justin Fields looked better, better at that. Trey Lance in this game, 13 for 28 with a QB rating of 50. After having a QB rating of over 100 in the first half, Justin Fields, as I said, 2.8 QB rating in, that, in the first half, ended the game with an 85.7, 8 for 17, 121 yards, Two touchdowns and one interception, which I did call on our prediction show that he was going to throw an interception early. Hated to be wrong with that. But at the end of the day, the matchup between Trey Lance, yeah, and you're going to get some fans, you're going to get some uh, uh, analysts that's already started talk, blaming it on the weather, but we had to play in that shitty-ass weather too. And the Bears made the decisions and, and made the correct ones down the stretch. And I said this before, in our, and also in our prediction show, when you, when you hit Trey Lance, when you get to him consistently, maybe not get a, a lot of sacks but you're able to get the QB hits in this game the Bears having four hits on the QB and two sacks you start seeing Trey Lance not have the poise not make good decisions 
And that was the difference between Trey Lance and Justin Fields in this game. Uh, Justin Fields got two, sacked twice as well, got hit. They, uh, they had three QB hits on San Francisco side. And you see Justin Fields took that, used that to make better decisions. Get, didn't get two. He had some plays where he got a little frazzled, but came out in the second half much more composed, making better decisions. And at least in this game, Justin Fields was the better quarterback down the stretch, and his team was able to win this game. So exciting things going on around Bears Nation. Yes, we do have a huge matchup against Green Bay Packers, which it was good to see the Packers also lose last night and the Bears win. It's going to be a fun season. Hopefully they tighten some of the things up. We get a better four quarters of football overall from the Bears in week two. But let me know down below, what are some of your key takeaways in week one for the Chicago Bears? What are some things that you also didn't like to see from the team? What would you like to see this team build upon as they head into Green Bay next week against the Packers? A late game as well, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a fun game to watch. But like I liked in every episode, well, first, make sure you're following the show at Shy Bear Central on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Chicago Bear Central at gmail.com lastly if you want to sound off get your voicemails and or text into the show the number to do so 773-242-9336 but like i like to end every episode on bear down love you guys peace y'all this has been a presentation of the break break media When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.